0: Business Cat. Welcome back. I'm so happy you found your way back to us. You may have noticed that we have been gone for a couple weeks. Fundamentals was away on vacation and we talk about that. We talk about the cryptography textbook that he took with him and read while he was on vacation. We get into uh, a couple lessons that bitcoiners can learn from three letter agencies and then we ended by talking about we, we get pretty cosmic at the end. I I talk about cosmic apotheosis and uh, We talk about gray alien physiology and anatomy and religion. If you like our content and would like to support the show, listen to it using an app like Fountain and stream us stats while you listen. You can also leave us a Boostergram with a comment. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a Bitcoin miner and uh, you're feeling generous, you want to contribute a bit of your hash power to us, you can do so by pointing a bit of your hash power to uh, any Lincoin stratum address using Arcer's username. Rock, paper, just Bitcoin, say, appended with whatever username you want. I'll put the connection details in the show notes. And in the time since our last broadcast, we received just hash say, power from Lonely Pumpkins. Hey Amen. We love you. We, we appreciate your contributions, and it means a lot to us. And finally, say, dear listener, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you listening. Let's get into it. We are back. We were in Hawaii.
1: I was. I was. So family. Um, You know, I started a trip.
0: Family to family vacation, right? You're not. You weren't there on work. You you went there to uh, enjoy and uh, enjoy some time with your family. Family vacation.
1: I don't do many family vacations, and actually, a lot of times, my this is going to sound bad, but my family goes on vacations, and I don't go either. Mm. Whether it's because I just. I can't get away from work for long enough to do the kind of trips that they want to do. What was different this time? Or, um, so, you know, my my oldest daughter graduated high school is one thing, so starting to see that like our family unit is going to, I don't know if it's going to weaken, but it's definitely not going to be the same, right? And my father-in-law, who lives with us, giving a lot of personal information here, I guess, but, like, we, you know, he's raised... He's helped raise our, our daughters, and he's lived with us. He turned 80, and, like, we really just wanted to do something really special for everybody. And I have to say that the trip delivered, I think, for them, they're not used to having me out there, like... And having to deal with whether or not I want to do everything they want to do, and sometimes that's... Um. How like a pain how do you guys, in the ass for them. How, what's what's your modus
0: operandi like did you guys do everything together or did you like go someplace and split up and do your own things like what
1: what was your plan there we did almost everything together oh okay nice. so the, and then so the way we did hawaii we went to the big island which for me i've been there before like i was there 20 years ago and loved, i was there for a conference and like you know absolutely loved it and said to my i was upset that like, my wife at the time, I didn't, have, I didn't have kids. She was pregnant with... She had just gotten pregnant with our first child. Like, um, was it wasn't exactly 20 years ago. It was pretty close to it. And um, I'm, like, seeing people do the math and be like, Yeah, it wasn't 20 years ago. You just said your daughter graduated high school. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I was there myself. And remember regretting, like, not being able to have my wife with me. Although I got into, a, like, a gnarly car accident when I was there. She would have definitely, yeah. You know, she would have been in there with me with our first child, and so we always, I always said, ah, oh, it's good that you didn't come because you avoided that car accident, and who knows what would have happened, blah blah blah, right? So we, it came time to they wanted to do a very special trip, you know. i re- we rarely, we rarely do any real trips, you know. So I was like, okay, let's do, let's let's figure it out. You want to go to Hawaii? Fine. It's got to be the Big Island, though. <clears throat> For me, that's like, it's the middle of nowhere. It's desolate. Um, it's beautiful. It's, it's like pretty unbelievable. And so, there's, a, and there's so much, there really is like a lot to do in terms of like seeing different topographies, seeing different geographies, seeing different climates. Um, and so, yeah, we did everything pretty much together. Um, you know, we stayed in this place that's like, um, that I was telling you off the line, it's timeshare, that's kind of like, if you ever get excited about a $30 bottle of wine, when you're like, damn, this wine's really good for a $30 bottle of wine. That's like my timeshare. And, um, so it all worked out. Um, it worked out. And then my, you know, I actually have a memory that on the flight, my, the first thing I did on the flight over there was actually listen to you on, um, high hash rate. I <laughs> I listened to that episode, which feels like an, it inter- feels like Long an eternity time ago. ago, but like, I love that. I loved it. Like I, I, it was, it started my trip off and I think maybe I was in a weird mindset, but like, I don't know. I really loved that conversation listening to you. It opened up a lot of things and a lot of like possibility I see for us. So this is your in first international like this travel or we do here.
0: travel uh, as a Bitcoiner really, as an orange pill fully on board with the Bitcoin standard. So, like, what what was the difference there between, tra- like, 20 years ago traveling to Hawaii versus going there now as a
1: Bitcoiner? What, what was the difference there? Okay, number one, clearly, Orange Pill app, okay? So, like, having Orange Pill app and being able to actually ping Bitcoiners where I'm going.
0: That's a neat idea. Since I've been on the Orange Pill app, I haven't traveled, but that's such an... Such an interesting, it's kind of, I, there's guys that, I, that I've been friends with that will go on vacations or go places, and they take Tinder. And it's like, well, wherever I'm gonna go, like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see what's available on, on, the, <laughs> uh, on the dating market wherever I go. And that's kind, so I mean, this isn't Tinder, but yeah, similar thing. Like Bitcoiners can now travel somewhere and then hook up with a local Bitcoin culture. That's a, that's
1: a neat new twist on travel. I, I would take this over Tinder any day of the week. <laughs> And um, I wish I, I don't remember, I think his, God, I don't, I don't want to get his name wrong, but there was one guy on Orange Pill app on the big island and um, dude, he was sending me like walls and walls of text telling me what I should do, telling me really what his experience of being the only, like not the, I'm sure he's not the only Bitcoiner on the island and he knew he's not, but his experience of trying to host meetups and um, just trying to keep the fire lit. Right? And just what it means mm-hmm. to be a Bitcoiner in an in a, in a world where, really, Bitcoin is not – it's just not happening. Um, Hawaii is like – in some ways, from the eyes of a Bitcoiner, it, it's a bit of a messed up place, like anywhere else. Right? But, like, it's weird. Like, you go to the national – so Volcanoes National Park is the – you know, it's like the site. It's a – you know, it's a federal park. They don't allow – they don't accept cash. <laughs> as entry. really and i yeah like i almost had a mind this is where if i was by myself i would have like definitely gone through the experiment just so i could talk about it later but i definitely would have gone through trying to pay cash just to you know just to get the data on, yeah you know but i was That's with my family and a federal I installation complained was... about it for five cars yeah <laughs> five cars i complained about it i said don't try no force blah 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 and i'm like all right whatever right they my family only puts up with so much and so uh, but yeah it's a federal they're a federal right and then it was I, I noticed this i well you know everywhere i'll say this everywhere accepts apple pay like you could go buy a mango on the side of the street and they'll accept apple pay <laughs> yeah you know? that's eventually
0: so, bitcoin's going to be rolled into apple what's pay what's the lesson
1: yeah well, well the lesson there well i mean i think the lesson there for me is that um, I think the reason for that, first of all, is because of how many people from the West Coast just expect to use Apple Pay, and th- I think that these people on this island said, you know what, if I want to sell my shit, I need to accept Apple Pay, and it's fairly easy. Maybe it's not super easy, but it's fairly easy to be able to do, and everyone can do it.
0: Were they and were I people think, like vendors on the street, were they using POS terminals, or did they have like the Apple Pay reader for their yeah,
1: phones that they just had, clicked in? Yeah, just the reader on their phone. Like Okay. You know, anyone can do, it. and so it's. I think that eventually, when Bitcoin becomes that answer, and they don't have to pay the three percent, or you know, when become when Bitcoin becomes a way that people demand to pay. I think that all of these places will accept Bitcoin too. It's even easier than Apple Pay, obviously, right? All you need is a phone. Right. Yeah. And I I mean, Apple, on a long right?
0: enough timeline, yeah, it's like I can I can see a version of the future where people are paying with Bitcoin and don't even know it's Bitcoin. Kind of like Apple Pay, like people don't understand what's going on under the hood of Apple Pay when they double click the, the power button and then hold the, like that, the near field communication to, to uh, um, tap, tap to uh, pay. Like most people don't understand the actual logistics of, of what's happening there. And that's fine. Like people don't need to understand, like you can grasp logistics of what happens when you send a lightning payment. But at some point that lightning payment will just be abstracted away to tap to pay. And it's, that's going to be what it is for people.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. Kind of tells me that Bitcoin. It, it'll just when it, it's a, it'll be driven by demand, and it'll happen like pretty, fairly fairly simply. And it's just like the same people who say, "Wow, no one is going to learn enough to st- hold their own keys." Like that's horseshit. Like mm-hmm. it reminds me of you know in the '90s when like party chicks were learning how to use IRC and the internet so they can trade fish and Grateful Dead tapes, mm-hmm. like. You know people if they want it they'll learn it it's and it's not that it's not that hard right that right that's, that's that's kind of my takeaway is that one okay, it's fucked up and secluded and very fiat like so fiat that and it's like so fiat you can't like that they don't even allow cash it's that which is really weird, and I'm not sure like part of it not to get into too much of a tangent here, but um I noticed also a large degree of COVID derangement that is still like left over, and
0: so I think part of it was this masks. What, what do you What do you mean by that? Were there a lot of masks uh, there?
1: I mean, there. A yes, a lot of masks. Like everyone in the resorts wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to look up a restaurant, or you go to look up a you know any kind of food place, they will have a bullet there that says like staff is required to wear masks, like things like that. Hmm. You still You still see these signs. Um, so I wonder how much of this came out of this contactless, you know, context, right? Oh, contactless cash only. Why is why is Hawaii so COVID deranged? Probably because the tourism industry yeah. that they rely upon from Everybody's the West Coast.
0: Flying. Yeah, it's that it's like yeah that nobody's well, traveling like, like in personalized they, cars to get there.
1: Well, but they're reliant on a group of people that are apps That the most COVID deranged people were Silicon Valley. The, the you know people who go vacation in hawaii that's a good point and they need they need them to want to go there and feel quote unquote safe that you know they need them to feel like they can go there and spend their money so i get like why i get why they might at least you know want to uh, cater to that customer service to cater to that um, mentality and i'm guessing they get people from japan and china and all that are just like okay you know we're gonna to have to like make these COVID-deranged people feel comfortable, and the only way to do that is to present COVID derangement as a as a feature, right?
0: Man, yeah, and you're... so yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. The what you're talking about, like yeah. Fiat times a thousand, man that 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 rings so true. So so some of the most disturbing images—I mean, not disturbing, but like I, I, whatever—disturbing images that came out of during COVID was seeing leadership people in leadership positions um not following it's rules for thee but not for me so seeing like aoc attending (laughs) like a gala where all of the wait staff are all wearing masks but all all of the the privileged people who are there and like are, are better than that they didn't have to wear masks it's like, so similar thing, like hearing that that's rolled out, like just as a general rule on the island of, okay, well, well, wait, staff wears masks, but no, no, you, you people, you, the guests, no, you can do whatever you want. It's like, that's kind of like creating a bifurcated society of like, of the less than and the greater than people. And just uh, roll into that. Okay. We're going to be now going to the cashless society because, you know, cash is filthy and it's like, but for also like, they can't track cash. They don't know where cash is coming from. Like, that's, that's interesting that Hawaii, Hawaii seems yeah. like... So things are expensive in Hawaii. There's a bifurcated society in Hawaii, and it's a cashless society. Hawaii feels like it's two years ahead of the rest of the nation.
1: It's true, right? And I think, it, yeah, like, it started out as, let's just feed the dogs the dog food so we can keep business going. And then I think they got... I think, you know, if anything's contagious, it's the derangement syndrome, right? Mm. <laughs> More contagious than virus itself right it's, and, it's and it's much more very... longer lasting like we're we're still living with it and it, the consequences are like oh my god now no one on this island can actually use cash to actually access the government services that they um, you know that they need right? yeah
0: so uh, inevitably so like... this
1: guy on orange pill so the guy on orange pill app i wish i had, had his name but i um sorry to you but, um, look him up. We'll, we'll he get, was I'll, basically I'll, telling me that I'll give his,
0: his, his username
1: in the show notes, so you don't have to look yeah, it up right now. Um, but I afterwards. mean, he was basically te- no, right, right? He was telling me yeah. that um, it's just so unfortunate that people on the island have no; um, they just don't. They think that everything is um, so fiat focused. They, th- you know, they're so caught up in they're, they're very caught up just in either the tourism industry, right? Or just the price of everything, that there's just no room for Bitcoin, for the and most part. Apple to Pay penetrate, works. yeah.
0: So it's like the the places in the world that Apple Pay doesn't work are going. I mean, they're going to learn Bitcoin faster inevitably. This is this is a meek the meek shall inherit the earth kind of situation. The like the people that are going to like. Americans aren't, a lot of Americans aren't going to learn this new technology until they have the fire lit under their asses that forces them to go. Like, what do you mean? Did you see that video this week of the guy who lost his 30-year pension? It's like that, that was on Twitter recently. Okay. Um, no. Mar- Marty Bent uh, retweeted it. Uh, but th- there was a guy in flyover country of America who found out that he, he had worked 30 years at this trucking company and that his pension had just evaporated and was gone. And he lost his mind. And it's like that right there, like it, that that's horrible. Like I I don't envy that guy his situation, but that that mindset that that guy was switched into all of a sudden, like, what do you mean like all of these safety mechanisms that I thought were in place are not there? Like he's about to become a bitcoin, like he's he's about to learn very utility. Curious. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. very curious to understand the details of this because it's you know what I mean? Like I I'm I'm skeptical, I'll just say, of I'm getting skeptical. So I'm curious to know the details of how somebody could even think they have a pension in a trucking company, in a union. I do not know then... the details. I watched the video,
0: but my, like so, so asterisks, yeah. I could be completely wrong about this. My understanding is that the the company that was managing the pension dumped their, like, they were like, we're not going to service your company anymore. That kind of, I don't know the legality of the, you probably would know much more about it. I look forward to, after you, after you look into it, I look forward to hearing you tell me exactly what happened. But this gentleman was certainly irate. Like, yeah, he, he was very unhappy. So some, something was going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we talk about this. all, and the People are, this is going to happen. But mm-hmm. let's try to remember, I think, that the... <laughs> even in Bitcoin, the demand for outrage exceeds the supply. And, you know, I... I There are. I think it's important to know the limits. Like, what's going to happen to people who work for trucking companies is they're not going to find out their pension evaporated. They're just going to find out that they're only going to get they're only going to get a portion of it, right? And it's going to be paid in a fucking CBDC, and they're only going to be allowed to spend. They they just don't know. Like, the problem is they don't know how enraged they're going to be. And we're trying to like capture all the present value of that (laughs)
0: today Mm
1: -hmm. so that we can get people to understand you know we're trying to get people to see something they can't see right but we're i don't know we might be using the same tactics that the fucking man is using to get us all upset about fucking well, yeah. race
0: and the man looks and shit for like certain that. things to point out bitcoiners are looking for other certain things to point like things are happening all over the world every day but it's just finding and pointing at them like this see 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 like they're they're shredding your your pensions that's the bitcoiners and then the, the feds are like see like the races hate each other. You should hate each other. Like, separate yourselves on racial lines, because then we'll, if you're fighting each other, you're not fighting us. It's like, it's, I'm but gonna yeah. Keep,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep my ego in check for the moment, except I'll say one thing <laughs> with that preface, is that I'm going to take the fact that I didn't see this as potential, like I'm going to have a bias and view it as it's not signal. <laughs> and then, I, but I will look into it.
0: That's fair. I mean, most of the things on Twitter are not Signal. They're just, uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Everybody's looking for something to be outraged about.
1: Especially since it came from Marty. Like, I would see something like that that came from Marty if, if I was meant to, I feel like. And, but, you know, I, I, having said that, I will check it out, and then I'll, I'll come back and report what I think is important from this.
0: So while you were in Hawaii, did you, did you do any actual, like, were you, you said that you don't take vacations before because you would stay home and work. Did you do did you any, any work-related things while you were in Hawaii? You have to answer like did, work emails or work calls or anything? not a thing,
1: not a single thing. Beautiful. Um, I took my computer. It's so funny because like my work, <laughs> my work computer. I thought about leaving at home, and my, it was my wife of all people that's like, you never know if the market's going to tank, you may need it. <laughs> and so we did. I did take it, and but I didn't have to. The market didn't tank, and I did not check a single email. A th- um, a I did few, study uh, every day. I studied digit- every day. Yeah, I studied every single day, even on the plane, uh, from this cryptography textbook, but um, not a single iota of work.
0: All right, so all self-directed work. I uh, at Senate, So one, one of our uh, local friends, uh, Bacon Creek Farm, guy, guy who runs that. Shout out. He, yeah, yeah, he's a badass. He took me and my wife. Well, we're, we're, we're family friends. We're kind of family. So we, we went up to, they have a a uh, little little camp up several counties north of us a couple weekends back we went and stayed with them and had had like a weekend at the camp there and it was beautiful because i had like i had this is the first time i haven't had cell reception in years it's like most places even like in, like rural appalachian have at least a bar or two of service so it's rare to actually be out of cell service these days and it was so yeah we had a weekend where i just had no cell service and it was amazing i had forgotten what it was like to be like unreachable so yeah did you
1: notice did you notice anything biological like sleep better or
0: no no it was way worse because we took our daughter with us and she she was she was sleeping in an (laughs) unfamiliar it was yeah i'm sure there is signal there but no we're just being there for for a night we there was not signal that we could pick up there but it was it was great it was a cool little camp it's a neat neat location out in the middle of nowhere um
1: but anyway so it's it's like a it's a mini version of sensory deprivation, probably, right? Not have you have to like kind of be without the crutch of like being connected to the world, right? I mean, at like, this okay, point, yeah.
0: humans—we've uh, been living with smartphones for so long that yeah, effectively, your smartphone is another sensory organ that's exterior to like we're all cyborgs. This is our cyborg sensory organ to access the, the net. But yeah that, yeah, that was lovely. But anyway, so you—you you said you were look paging through a cryptography textbook while you're in. Hawaii, I will, that's, and it's funny. That's the most because, Bitcoin beautiful thing I've ever heard. Go to Hawaii, read a cryptography textbook.
1: That's awesome. I mean, like, well, first of all, being on a twelve-hour flight, I'll just say, is gives you a mini experience of what it's like to not be right, right to not have Wi-Fi, even right. though I know you you can buy it. But like, fuck that shit. Like, I I would so sooner stack those twelve dollars into Bitcoin than buy Wi-Fi for the flight, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the cryptography textbook. I guess that's my current. You know, I study every day. Um, I wake up at 6 in the morning and study for a couple hours. And this all started Thanksgiving Day where I um, decided to go into Jimmy Sohn's programming Bitcoin textbook. Right, right, okay. And that is, I mean, I think if I was going to leave people here with anything, it's like it's what does it feel like for me when I'm staring at the edge of a cliff where I know is a rabbit hole. Like I know it's like a rabbit hole I'm choosing to go into. And it's a, it's the edge of a cliff. Like I, I know I have to jump off this cliff and study this. I just don't know how much I'm going to, I don't know how disconnected from the world I'm going to end up getting. <laughs> like how deep is it going to go? And um, that textbook led to the Antonopoulos Mastering Bitcoin textbook, which then led to the Mastering the Lightning Network, which then led to Base58, Class and transactions, which then led to, um, and then at some point it's like, do I even get cryptography? So the light, well, it, it led to all the bolts, and in the bolts they really go through the specs of the cryptography, and you know how, how do you verify a message that it mm-hmm. hasn't been corrupted and things like that. So, and then now in the in the cryptography book, I've gotten it's really the math, and, I've, and I have a daughter who's gonna be a math major, and it's like. I've always sort of been just ahead of her. For the last 20 years, like I study math and be just ahead of what I think she should learn. And this is like just another thing, like all the problems that need to be solved to scale Bitcoin, you know, um, there are math problems. You know, it's going to be like, how do we actually provide access to the network without, you know, how do we do that without having been, having 8 billion people have to have a UTXO? right where there's only a million bitcoin left right is is this
0: book you're reading just a general cryptography book or is it is it it, so so it it talks about like asymmetric versus symmetric cryptography and all of like the the history of the okay
1: the history but then it does get into like galois fields and finite fields and how modulo arithmetic and how those are used to um, create the algorithms to determine you know public keys and hash functions and Etc. Okay. Same stuff that Jimmy Song kind of wrote about. Wet my whistle in the pro uh, where I I didn't quite like I didn't quite get it. But like this goes definitely deeper into the math.
0: So do you do you feel that you uh, grasp what's going on with Bitcoin any better from the uh, the cryptography side? Or well, have,
1: yeah yeah because I what what I'm seeing now see if you read Bitcoin books you only you you. You know you get a little bit about elliptic curve cryptography and you get the function the elliptic function like you know i i'm gonna get it wrong like the x cubed plus five x plus one whatever that one is you you see the one you see all the things that are implemented for bitcoin but you don't see all the things that have not that were you don't see the shoulders it's standing on that Uh it's not doing right and that's really where the depth this depth um, it's kind of like learning, I guess, about the history of Bitcoin readings, you know, reading the Zabo and reading all those worked way die And we read, you know, people read those things and they see, oh, my God, here are all the ideas that didn't add Adam back stuff. Here's all the stuff that didn't quite work. And um, but but clearly it's taking like Satoshi's taking from, you know, he's taking the best pieces from all these fields and putting them into Bitcoin. Right. Bitcoin and stands on the of giants. About, correct but off all you do is read about bitcoin then you just you know you only see kind of one you only see a point right whereas you it's you only see the tip of the iceberg mm. right you don't see what's under it
0: you've definitely surpassed my knowledge on or uh, like the depth of the mechanics of cryptography so like i mean i was trained in cryptography from the air force intelligence agency when i was doing that and then i went and got a cybersecurity. well I guess it was an information systems degree, but I did I did a couple cybersecurity courses, and really, I mean, I don't have a very high opinion of of college to begin with, but it was (laughs) really basic, a really basic introduction, stuff that I had already just from my own. It's like you're going down your own rabbit hole of cryptography. I had already, I mean, because of Bitcoin, had already started like learned quite a bit more than your average college student would have. So like when they like just talking about the basics of. Symmetrical encryption versus asymmetrical encryption and the use cases of each of those and like throughout history um, was I, I Actually gave a presentation on that to the class because they never like that topic was never covered in my In the, the class that I was ha- that I took so it was like they were like Oh, well, we're gonna do all these student presentations like oh, I'm gonna present on this So but that just because I knew it backwards and forwards from Bitcoin It was just easier to talk about it from yeah. that perspective but yeah, that's, it was familiar. Getting into
1: the code, a bit on, though. Well, here's the thing. I got like I, you know, when I got into Bitcoin, I started going on GitHub's and started to get a good understanding of how Bitcoin works from the code, right? Like you can see, <clears throat> it's all available and it's great. When I go into ECDSA, right, and I go into that GitHub, I see things that don't make sense. <laughs> I don't see formulas, right? I see a lot of hard-coded numbers right in arrays and that bothered me that's what compelled me to go into this textbook to maybe try to bridge that gap because i do i have this sense in my head that i should be able to go to the code and understand exactly what i'm trying to do and Mm -hmm. so when that can't happen i a textbook must be time must be spent um going a little deeper i guess to from like that's my mission. My mission is to uh, understand why I'm seeing a bunch of hard coded numbers. Yeah, and then you want to understand right.
0: why that we can trust cryptography. A very common, um, like unexamined critique of Bitcoin for no coiners is that oh well that's just going to be hacked or like it's like oh it's a computer system. Computer systems can be hacked, and like I, the the as far as I mean, I got far than this, but, like, one of the most, like, the most actionable thing I got out of my deep dive into cryptography is that I can trust cryptography. Like, I can trust cryptography in the same way that I trust that gravity works. I trust that the metric system is is a, a, like, is a functional thing that I can live my life by. Cryptography is another thing that, like, before I understood it, um, it's like, I, like, sure, you can break cryptography. In fact, like, humans have done that many times. Like, that's the beautiful weapons race that cryptography is in. Is that it has to evolve because humans are trying to break it constantly, and but getting far enough down that rabbit hole to figure out that oh I can trust this great to a greater degree than I can trust the federal governments like we promise that we will take good care of the money like that's that was the most actionable point that I got out of that i was like, okay I have I've gone far enough that I realize I can trust this area and now I can move on to other actionable like other learning areas that that have uh, critiqued my or piqued my interest
1: yeah. Got it. And yeah, if you- the question really is, so I'm with you. Like, I think cryptography itself is something that can be, I guess, can be trusted. But the, the real question is, can you trust Bitcoin's implementation? Can you trust the implementation of it, right? Because that's something, okay, so Satoshi decided that we didn't need to recode cryptography. He is relying on the libraries. Yep. And, yeah, and specifically, I guess, p 2 256 K one, I think is the name of the library. And it's like, we didn't need new libraries. And then lightning, we go with like cha cha, you know, poly 20 or whatever that is. Like we, 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 rely, there's a lot of things where we just said, we didn't need, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to reinvent an implementation. In fact, we'd rather not take the risk. Some, a lot of these implementations are open source and have been, uh, subject to attack for 20 years. Mm -hmm. so that's good we don't need to invent a new one and try to it's part of why bitcoin i think works right it's like the confirmations behind yeah the confirmations behind uh already established open source cryptography are pretty great right but i it's more of you know so for me i it's 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 more it's not so much trusting it it's do i understand it right and so something god man we're already half hour in and we haven't gotten to the main event yet but like one little thing is when I um, rabbit hole right Um, a short abbreviation of rabbit hole is rabbi and um, which is now going to start sounding insane like what does being a rabbi have to do with being in a rabbit hole but for me it's when I think of what a rabbi studies that's all they do all day rabbinical study is to gain conviction on God that's all they do. That's uh, all they did for 2,000 years. Rabbi just studies the same fucking book, <laughs> like, nonstop to gain conviction, right? And that's essentially what we do in the rabbit hole, right? Do you and think so that we're all the, different uh, on do what... Do you think
0: rabi- rabbinical studies are going to include Bitcoin at some point
1: in the future? They better, or else they ain't going to make it. I agree, yeah. That's I like, think we- that, uh, right... It's true of anybody. Like any, first of all, I think that um, um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but like you know, what do we have to learn from a decentralized? Uh, you know, what do we have to learn from uh, Judaism as a decentralized network? That they couldn't, you know, the governments in the world couldn't go in every basement and burn every Torah, mm. right? And that's why in twenty twenty three, it's still around despite the best efforts. I'm now, sure it,
0: I would probably say people it's throughout be, history, yeah.
1: The attacks on Bitcoin are going to pale, probably in comparison, really, in terms of how much force, right, and how much effort I think it's going to pale in comparison to what's been tried in the last 2000 years to get rid of Judaism, right? For better, for worse. But we, what we learn is decentralization is just so much more powerful for survival. It's the most powerful force for survival is decentralization. Um, and so I think it's important for Bitcoiners to learn that just as much as I think it's going to be important for the if Judaism wants to survive. It better learn better learn how Bitcoin works.
0: I think um, there's so, so, uh, there's signal to be pulled from like so. So looking around the world and the, like the historical environment at what what organizations have survived governments, um, what organizations have survived um, like currencies and, like, and regardless of your personal feelings towards, like, these individual organizations, like, I, ha- I kind of had the personal realization that it's, like, oh, there's going to be signal that you can pull out of any, like, any of these organizations that's lasted 100 years, uh, 50 years even. It's, like, okay, you have outlasted, like, m- like the deep state. You have outlasted multiple administrations. You've outlasted, like, yeah. wars. It's, like, so, so there must be something that is being done correctly, if these organizations continue to exist and propagate themselves. And like, regardless of your feelings ethically on what these organizations are attempting t- to do or pro- like the information they're trying to propagate, like that's a, that's, that is a separate point that I'm not interested in. I'm just like looking at, so looking at um, the, the Jewish culture, not like, not the faith, but the culture itself, like there is, mm-hmm. Like how have they survived? Oh, there's data you can pull out of that to apply to your own stack to make yourself more resist- resilient. Yeah. Similar with like three-letter three-letter agencies. I mean, there I've like realized like oh, there's data that the way that some of these, I mean, like they 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 are. I I would say that they are interested more in their own preservation than the preservation of a nation. Um, yes. Looking at like intelligence agencies, like they at one point, I mean, yeah, their their stated goal was to defend the nation, but at this point, like I don't know, we have we have. Intelligence agencies working counterproductive to the democratically elected government that we have. It's like okay, so they're clearly their their goal is not just defending the quote unquote nation. It's like, oh, it's propagating their own power structure that they have spent decades building up. So yeah, I I, I guess I'll, I'll pivot into it. So, so you've it's been going, on, you've, you've been going on a deep dive into yes. cryptography, which is very like there's a massive massive part of the rabbit hole to get into um and so yeah massive respect for you going into that because i've i've i realized pretty quickly it's like i i'm not interested in going any further down this i enjoy math math that i i respect math but it's not an area that i've really wanted to focus my my brain towards um so yeah massive respect that you're that you're doing the heavy lifting to to grok that information um so in the past, so since, since you've been on vacation, I w- I've been digging through the WikiLeaks ar- archive looking for whatever I can find. Like, what kind of stuff's in here? So like I was, I was trolling through Hillary's email cache of like 30,000 emails. Like, there's, it's difficult to find stuff in these things unless you know what you're looking for because you need like a keyword search. Um, but so I just, I'm just, all right, I'm just going to go down the list of files and see what I can find, what looks interesting. And I stumbled across a CIA um, field operations manual from, I think, I think it's the early 2000s and there's some so there's some interesting interesting ideas and concepts that this field operations presents as this is a useful way to frame the world for a CIA agent. And the thing that really put this on my radar was I was listening to Robert Breedlove's podcast a couple weeks ago and he had a guest on who was prior CIA. Well, I guess like I, there there is no such thing as prior company. Like once you're part of the company, you're going to be part of the company for the rest of your rest of your life. There, there is no prior CIA. So him, he was presenting himself, this, this guest on Breed Love's Podcast, he was presenting himself as prior CIA, and now he's entered the, the, the civilian world, and he's like, well, he, re, he wasn't being very successful, and then he, he, did, he realized, oh, I can utilize the skills that the CIA taught me to, to build my own personal thing, and that's what he's doing now. So, Jesus
1: Christ. So there's people that are allowed to play the character of former CIA.
0: Yeah. For sure, um, but yeah, play the character of former CIA yeah. again. Like, there is no such thing as former company. Like, once you're part of the company, <laughs> it's right. in, you're in for life. There is no prior company. Um, but so, I, so I look. I, I checked out this guy, and he has his own podcast. He has a website. Um, so I, I was checking out the kind of information he has available. Um, but then it's like he his website. He's clearly collecting data. He he wants like I, I was looking at the headers that his web server is serving to my to my web client, and it's like all right. It's more than is needed for, for what he this guy is trying to, for his stated objective. And then he had, so like, he had a, take this little, it's kind of like a BuzzFeed quiz. He had his own little BuzzFeed quiz for like figuring out how you can uh, utilize CIA stuff. So I went through the quiz, but then at the end, it's the same thing. It's like enter an email for, to, to get the results. Like, okay, no, done. I'm not done doing that. So where else can I get this information from? And that's what led me to WikiLeaks, which led me to a CIA field operations manual, which I then read up on this thing that I, f- I feel bad that I, I'll, I'll, put a li- I'll put a link in the show notes to this, to this guy's Twitter account and his uh, interview with Breedlove. But he presented this idea that the CIA is, is a base-level CIA operations thing, which is every human lives three lives. And so those three lives are your public life, your personal life, and your private life. And in, in, so like, there are, people around you can come into and out of your public life and your personal life. So your public life is how you present yourself to the world. That's like the, yourself that you go to the office, your, your work environment, um, dressed up. Myself, like, I don't have that job anymore, like a legacy job like that, so i like trying to layer this onto my life. I think of my public persona as business cat. Business cat is my public persona to the world at this point. Um, so your, my personal... So public life is people that see what you try to project of like the best version of yourself. That's your public life. Um, your personal life is people that know, oh, your breath stinks, you have like a weird patch of hair on like the, like on your back at some, like people that see past the bullshit that you present and see the real you, that's your personal life. And then your private life is the stuff that you, your spouse may never even find out about you. These are like your deeply held personal secrets that you like have shame about, like something you did when you were like 14, yeah. um, or, or a belief structure that you have that you're not that you're not necessarily willing to present to the world, like personal private things that you would be ashamed for other people to know about you. Like we all, we all have these things. So in, but the difference between your your uh, public and personal and private life is that you can let people into and out of your public persona and your personal persona. Um, but when you let somebody into your, prive, into a, into your private life, I give them details about your private life, you can never, ever, ever again let them out of it. They will forever be... In your personal life, because they know your personal details. So how? So the CIA uh, presents this as this is the way that this is a useful framework for living your life. Figure out what goes in your public goes in your public persona. Figure out what goes in your personal persona, and then what what things that you want to hold and reserve in your private area that you don't want the world to know about. And so, for the CIA or an agent's perspective. If you want to, so you build rapport with somebody over time to get into their circles to uh, develop a personal relationship with a target or a mark that may have information you want. But ultimately, like if you want to have leverage over a target, you need information about their private life. And Mm -hmm. it's not not that you like it's useful to acquire this private life information about people in case you ever need to lean on them for something. But like you should also be aware that burning like calling somebody out or making somebody's public information, like threatening to make their private information public in exchange for what well, you're going to turn over information about your company or your government or whatever the, the CIA operator wants from them, like that will burn your contact permanently. So like be aware that like, yeah, it's, it's interesting things like that, like that I found like, okay, so. That's right.
1: So you have a stinger. Yeah. Right. Clearly like any asymmetry you have over someone, say personal versus their public versus their personal life, you—that's a stinger. That you, you know, but they know these people know that only you. Well, maybe there's more people that maybe know this, but then when you go between their personal and private life, that's like serious blackmail opportunity. But they'll absolutely know who was responsible for it.
0: For like for example, and right now there is a movie in theaters called The Sound of Freedom. That is the that is the a fictionalized version of a true story of a, a prior three-letter agent who went mm-hmm. to I mean he went he, essentially he went rogue and he went, went wor- and working for he went undercover on his own to help with um, child trafficking and so he like he went to where the child trafficking happens which is like South America and like he, he tried to from what I I haven't seen the movie I haven't read the books but I, I listened to a pretty long interview with, with the man himself. And like the way he described it was like he tried, like he wanted to do, to do these things and rescue kids inside the boundaries of his official framework of being a, a three letter employee. But they were like, no, you can't do that. So he, he left and he's like, I'm gonna do this on my own. And he actually had a really powerful moment. Like he didn't want to do it, but he felt charged to do it. But he didn't want to do it. And he went and talked to his wife about like, like they, they had kids and his wife came back and was like, you are going to do this. Because I will not, I will not allow you to jeopardize my eternal salvation by not doing this, which is like, that blew me away. Like, holy mm. cow! Like the, the, the quality of the woman that man married was like, was like, earth shattering to me to hear to hear him say that. Which is not how it happens in the story. Like in the in the uh, the Hollywoodized versions. Like he has a he has a moment of conviction then he's like i'm going to do this there's n- like there's never a moment when he's like i don't know if i can do this so it's, like, it's like he needs to be a strong character like i'm i i have conviction i'm going to do this but the real life story is that he looked at what he was getting into and was like i don't know if i can do this this is this is horrible horrible things like i don't know that i can be involved in in like getting involved in this in this world and going undercover with these people and trying trying to gain their trust and then Get into so get into like he was aware of them publicly, but how do I get into the personal graces of these people that are selling children? Because how can I get on their island like to be there to yeah to I mean, to sting to cause a sting operation, and then from there yeah. like okay how do I get into the private life like all of these people they're like obviously private information for all of these of these uh, people that are fucking kids is they don't want they don't want the world to know that they're stealing and fucking children like that's private level information that you don't want the public to know about. So for him to get in there
1: and work his way. Yeah, they'll do anything. They will, anything do, they will to, go. Yeah, they will do anything to keep that from from people from finding it. I, yeah, quick, but, real so, quick on this this film, right? This is is this the thing? Is this the one that um, Mel Gibson is associated with? Or is yeah, this?
0: I, I think it's, it's Jim Caviezel. Because don't the, say that play to Jesus. disparage it
1: or anything. It's just that it's this is a courageous effort that people are going to be people are going to be pitted against it, and I feel like I, like so speaking of things that I have seen on Twitter. Are people going to the theater and like the heat being turned up or like? I mean, and this is again, verify. Go ahead and verify like the pension thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this could just be theater, counter theater, but like people that the sound being muted or like people complaining that they went to the theater and they really weren't able to see this movie and right, um, blame, you know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, I do wonder, right, if it's if the standards of emplo- the movie theater employees are loosened around this film and that there's definitely a public propaganda campaign against this film
0: yeah yeah there definitely is
1: right it's like yeah, the the question yeah i worked so- at a movie theater as a kid and we got away with a lot of things but like i can it, dude if we were ever told like hey feel free to go crazy during this movie we could have found many ways to make it unwatchable <laughs>
0: I've seen similar posts on Twitter, people calling out stuff like that, and yeah, it's it's difficult not to dip into like conspiracy level thinking of of that, but yeah, then it's like, okay, well, I don't believe that any of these like kids work at these movie theaters are part of the pedophile Hollywood ring that's like drinking children's blood and like adrenochrome and all that stuff. It's like, but yeah, the que- yeah the question is uh, why? I'm sh- I'm sure issues like this. So my my wife and I just went and saw the Barbie movie last night. And yesterday was the opening day of it. And there were multiple issues with, like, it wasn't film, it was a digital print. But there were multiple points in the movie where it was like, there was like a, a half second of black there was a moment when there was like uh, a static, like digital static on the screen. Clearly the, the, these were not part of, like some movies will do stuff, like, like add in stuff right. like that. Like Fight Club adds in stuff to fuck with the audience. This was not part of the film. These were not intentionally things added into the film. It was The opening day of the film and the digital print was fucked up to the point that it, it impacted the movie going experience. So like I can believe that movie theaters are old in this country. It's like we're not building a lot of new movie theaters at this point. So movie theater infrastructure is aging. I can understand that things break, and oh, this one movie we'll put it in like the shittiest theater because like not a lot of people are seeing it now. Whatever, I can imagine a lot of situations that could uh, that could end up in people having a subpar viewing experience in this. But at the same time, it's like it's really difficult not to try to connect some dots, seeing like oh, so there, there's this entertainment product that was created outside of the Hollywood stable because it's about what people in Hollywood are doing, and so seeing and seeing the pushback of writers on like the New York Times writing up hit pieces on this and then people digging into who is this writer? Oh this writer has also published information about how we should be kinder to we shouldn't call them pedophiles we should call them maps minor attracted people. Like <laughs> this, this is the same author that's writing a hit piece against like this is like QAnon like, Q- level conspiracy this cra- like it's like it's yeah, yeah it's it's interesting Who's it's difficult not to connect
1: yeah. these these there was just some guy on Lex Friedman, and it's just I saw a bunch of retweets on this, but it's a guy like invalidating conspiracy theories. Like, oh, it's that's you you're all need to tell me, Harari. You're telling me there's two guys in a room and blah blah, blah blah blah. Like, you know, you know, like fucking intelligent people don't need to visualize two people in a room to know that the basic incentives are driving behavior, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like if you can affect the incentives. Then you can affect the behavior. It's just what like it?
0: Sh- show me the incentive. I'll show you the outcome. That quote.
1: Yeah, but like yeah, so like this straw man of two guys in a room twiddling their mustache, they're <laughs> twiddling their handlebar mustache confers the cons- you know the conspiracy level um, manipulation. And so if you can inval- it's like if you can invalidate that, you can invalidate basically the whole premise that you shouldn't be able to trust government or anything like that you know you can validate the whole premise it's interesting
0: um, that labeling something a conspiracy theory is still as effective as it is like at this point yeah like the the con- number of conspiracy theories which are oh no this is fact
1: but considering the still, batting average yeah the batting average you know who, i was so you know it's just interesting again a little tangent this is related to the public private thing but like i have you know you have normies in your life right and so <laughs> and they think you're crazy because now my, my what should be private is i i can't not be public about the way i feel about institutions okay right i can't not be public about that and um the more bitcoin you hold the
0: harder it gets to be the harder it gets to keep your mouth shut about something like that
1: yeah but like if you take t- if you take two non-thinking people right one non-thinking person trusts everything the government tells them and the other non-thinking person distrusts everything we see this on Twitter all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have enough. We, we can kind of see both pretty clearly. Right. That because we've seen the behavior of the non-thinking person who distrusts everything, the non-thinking person that trusts everything, um, the non-thinking person that trusts everything. If we were, if it was a sport, they are on a, they, they are the bottom division, either getting demoted to the next <laughs> lower division. They're losing everything. They're mm-hmm. losing every, they're losing every argument. Right. The non-thinking person who distrusts everything is winning, like, a lot. And, you know, they've, they've survived COVID. They ha- are, um, you know, enjoying a 21st century lifestyle of using power. You know, they are fairly—I don't know if they're happy. But the non-thinker who distrusts everything is fucking winning. And the non-thinker who trusts everything is losing hard. Okay, so like the non-thinker and so the conspiracy theory is just another way to control that non-thinker who, it's a way for the the trusting non-thinker. Right? It's it's, it's a call to them. It's a call and frankly, it's a call to the loser. You know? Not like you're a loser but you are losing. (laughs) And if you are losing and you don't think you're losing, now you're a loser. Sorry.
0: The uh yeah, no, no, you're you're definitely right. It's like the I like the non-thinker. I mean, right, approaching things from an area of skepticism in general has had better results in my life than yeah, just trusting what the yeah, trusting the experts is that that's see, not.
1: We live in a very easy time right now. Again, tangent here. We live in a very easy time. You know why? Because it's like, then you we can clearly see that you could imply a non-thinking strategy to not trust anybody, anybody in power, and win. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty easy time. And by the way, I believe the price of Bitcoin reflects the ease of this. I think that once things start getting, actually, once Bitcoin starts fixing things, and then we have to actually think more about, that we start getting people in charge who are actually smart. You get a guy like RFK Jr. and I'm not saying this will ever happen, but I'm just saying, for example, you get a guy like him who clearly is sincere, right, and has some good ideas. It's not as easy to say, oh, that guy is a fucking complete idiot, incompetent, and everything this guy wants to do is going to make us worse, so let me go against him. Where that's very easy to do now, right? And I actually think the price of Bitcoin reflects that ease. Once things get a little, once Bitcoin goes to 100000 it's going to get a little harder. I think it was a little harder in 2021 when we didn't know exactly how incompetent and evil the fucking world was, right? Things are su- things are going to get more complicated as we get to a hundred thousand, a million, a hundred million. It's going to get harder to read. I think it's going to get harder to read exactly how to play the world. Although it's the world yeah. we live in today is really easy. It's actually you know it's it's super it's so easy that a non thinker can navigate it with a simple yeah. strategy.
0: It's so easy people get fat without even thinking about it. It's it's incredibly easy to exist in the world today. But yeah, looking at Yeah, Bitcoin at 30 grand and a a large percentage of like the NPCs are still kind of like laughing. They're still maybe not the laughing stage, but they're in the fight you stage. It's like you guys are dicks for not playing by the rules with the rest of us. It's like, yeah, when Bitcoin goes to 100, 200, a million dollars, they're going to hate us. Like it's, your, it's gonna, they're, they're yeah. gonna, I mean it's bitcoin's going to be at a million dollars cuz the dollar falls through the, like just the purchasing power of fiat is falling as well it's not like just that bitcoin is becoming more powerful its purchasing power but compare it comparatively to what you're measuring it against those things are shrinking so but for the, people you know, that are p- people that are still invested in that old shrinking the fiat mindset like they're gonna look at the they're gonna the powers that be are gonna point at bitcoiners and say though it's their fault that the system's breaking it's like it's the bitcoiners fault that gas is 70 dollars for a tank of gasoline or for, for we a will gallon. get blamed
1: if you read when money dies like that's definitely part of that part of the arc for sure but um you know i want to kind of kind of tie this back into the cia manual and like you know, the world is simple in that fact. The world is simple in the fact that a non-thinking person can win, can kind of win as on a strategy. But it's not simple in the fact that you have to now accept the fact that these pow- the powers that be that you mistrust are the the things they're doing, right, are really dark. Yeah. Right. So, like, while it, that, that's the other, so I mean, I think that's the flip side <laughs> of it being simple to navigate i.e. a non-thinking person it's so easy for like a non-thinker to mistrust everything and have a better outcome for their life right the other side of that is everything you're talking about from and it's not just it's not just that they're evil it's that there's it's all codified in a fucking manual right of actually how to get away with it Mm.
0: right there's a a lot of interesting information in there. Yeah, I'm the thing I'm reading through right now is is like how to get through uh, the second layer. If you if you're selected for like additional screening at the airport, how to get through that with, with while maintaining cover is that that's where I'm that's where I'm thumbing through right now in the manual. But yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of little bits that I like. Just this the the, the framework of framing. Okay, so my, my public life is business cat, my personal life is my my government name, and my private life is that I went and saw Barbie last night. And now, now you're all in my private life because you all know. Um, it's like that, like figuring out that framework to layer my life onto has already been a, a very useful thing to do. Uh, like I, So, yeah, the, there's I definitely f- more nuggets of information. Like the, the CIA has existed, what, since the, the 30s, I think, the 20s? What were they they were the OSS before the CIA, I think, is what they were called? The Office of Special but it's like they've been around for a long time. They have been refining what they do and finding signal in the the haze of the fiat world. Like they've had to exist in it. So how have they survived? Like how can and how have they survived and how can I apply that to my my own personal stack? It's like that's that's where I'm at right now. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going through a few more of these documents. These are good questions. I guess one thing I'll I'll um react a little bit i don't think i don't put an organization like the cia on the same category of survival as say judaism or something like that like i get it like how they survived even the last hundred years but it's like if i zoom out on the time scale right that like judaism has outlasted hundreds of cias um and it's done so through de- that's And that, to me, it shows again the power of decentralization for survival. Whereas the CIA is like a hundred other organizations that tighten their grip as hard as they can, and then eventually they will fail, and then we'll get a new one. And and, and I
0: mean, maybe it's like if the dollar fails, like maybe like the idea pivot of the to selling weed or selling drugs again. Like they they found other ways to bring yeah, income to the organization before.
1: Something else will pop up, but like these power structures. See, Judaism as a power structure didn't survive Jesus, right? That was it. Well, it changed. Huh. I wouldn't say it didn't survive. It it, all, it was changed. It barely exists. Like, really, I'll say it kind of, like, barely exists in the world today. It's not a relevant power structure, right? Yes, if you go to upstate New York, you will see certain hamlets that, like, Orthodox Jews have really weird fucking laws around. And some people get away with some horrible shit, right? Um. You know what I mean? Like, they do exist, but it's an irrelevant power structure, right? I think compared to... Um, especially since Israel exists, the, the and it's so separate from, like, Judaism, it's not a relevant power structure. It's not like the uh, Pope or uh, even, like, the head imams of, you know, the Muslim, you know, they get brought into, like, these international fiat uh, <laughs> discussions... Right. And how to save the world. Nobody's like, there's not even like a head rabbi because like all over the world that most Jews would be like, they don't speak. That dude doesn't speak for me. You know, they were so decentralized that the power structure doesn't matter. It
0: Sounds like anybody. Bitcoiners. And there's no two Bitcoins that agree on things. So we just agree on Bitcoin.
1: It's like, I guess, yeah. Jews disagree on the Torah. We don't even I mean, we're allowed, I think, to disagree even that God even exists and which is kind of messed up but there's a yeah, power to it from an outside power, perspective.
0: Yeah. like, I don't know that I would, call it, I don't know that I would call a Jewish atheist Jewish from an outside
1: perspective, but like, but what atheism the, is also a label. Like, I think, I think like put it this way, right? God, what a tangent this is. Yeah, but, is. um, I, th- if you can't question the ex- how do you actually, that, how do you really have faith in God? If you don't question the existence on occasion, Nope, agreed. Yeah, is that part yeah. of faith? So, like, you know, like I just, it, it, man, you know, okay, now this is a religion podcast now, but like, faith is strengthened by the attempt to verify. And I think that, again, this goes back to like, why do rabbis study the fucking same book all the time? It's it's for conviction, right? The reason you're looking for conviction is because, you know, you live in you you know you live in a world that you can't actually, it's not on blockchain right so it's 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 paradoxical that you like you you know you have to find conviction right oh no a real believer doesn't need conviction bullshit right you strengthen your conviction through kicking the tires
0: so jews don't believe in the divinity of christ right like christ was a prophet but he was not the redeemer so, do he, you, do, are Jews going to see Satoshi? Like, so, so Jews are still waiting for the Redeemer. Is was Satoshi the Redeemer? Is Bitcoin the Redeemer?
1: So, I'm gonna. I'm not going to speak for all Jews. I'm gonna speak for myself. Okay, and I'm gonna say that I've personally my, part of my journey since finding Bitcoin has been reevaluating um, a lot of decisions and a lot of evaluations about a lot of things. Oh, this is part same. of how... I mean, for so,
0: my Christian faith, it's like yeah, rock, I paper, was an atheist Bitcoin, when I found Bitcoin.
1: Right? Rock, paper, Bitcoin, for me, and if anybody ever actually reads it, it's about grappling with what is, the, what, have I, what have I surmised about the world that I must revisit, right? And one of these things, it's not about... Now, this notion of Jesus about... It's not that he is a divine figure per se... But he's definitely more, and he's a man of significance. Um, with, uh, he's a man of spiritual significance far beyond what, say, I was taught he was, and that that is a real, and it's important. I think it's really important to um, try to understand it. It's, I think it, one is because of the network effect that it's gotten, and if you're just not part of that, you're you you are limited in your power to understand people. Mm. That's just like a f- stupid fact, right? Like if something has been adopted by the majority of the world and <laughs> has the lo- most power, right, it has the most hash power, and you're just like, no, no, that's not, I, I don't accept that, well, then you're on an island.
0: Yeah, like, Okay. Well, so why, the, yeah. So, so What is it this that 60% Jew, of the world has figured out that you haven't?
1: This Jew talking right here is at least recognized that I've been trained in a way that has maybe not allowed me to see this chain, okay? And so it's hard for me to understand humanity in a certain context, okay, right? And um, that's one thing. The other thing is I think I'm also weak in seeing things of like the, tr- the Holy Trinity, which, you know, we tend to reject. It's like, well, whatever. But I think that if the majority of humanity is viewing things this way, in a spiritual way, it's hard to spiritually connect with people if you can't, Really quickly, you know, it's a, it's a sense, essentially like the math. Like if you don't recognize that equation, you're not going to be able to access the engineering that that math does, that that math backs. And so, if I want to be able to spiritually connect with people, the majority of the people in this world who are like Christian and who happen to be um, building the people we're building the world with right now in Bitcoin, right? Let's like I better I better go learn that math. I better go like like revisit the fact that that might is much more relevant than I maybe was led to believe it was. Um, and then there's this whole thing we got into in the last podcast about the red heifer theory and that But I like there is definitely something there, there there's some access of thinking that being just understanding being open to these religious possibilities gives us access to that rejecting them cuts them off and I think Closes off ability, closes off an ability. And if you're really somebody who is in a rabbit hole searching for a conviction, then I don't think I think you got to be very careful about what you kind of reject and close off, right? I guess I'll just leave it at that, right?
0: I definitely agree. I mean, from my, from my perspective, like there there was a significant portion of my life when yeah I. I was aware of, I mean, I was aware of what I had been taught in Christian church, and I was anecdotally aware that there were other schools of thought out there, but I hadn't done the work to actually grasp what it was that these each individual groups were claiming to. And, like, if I really want to jump, like, take this conversation off the deep end now and go to the cosmic apotheosis thing, it's like... Do so it. I, yeah. So so there's a possibility, as, a, as like, as I've been going down various rabbit holes and, to like, I, Like, there's certain (laughs) rabbit holes that I can, I've gone into and realized, oh, this is bullshit. Okay, I've, this is a psyop. Like, Flat Earth is a bullshit psyop, in in my opinion. Uh, the, The, us never, never being to the moon, it's like... I've done the work. We've been to the moon. Like I've done the work to to look at the engineering. We've been there. Like if we hadn't, there's a lot of things that would be wrong about the world, the engineering that exists on this planet now, if we hadn't been to the moon. So so there's these various. So I I like, there's definitely rabbit holes that you can go into that are bullshit. But the question is like, yeah, can are, I jump you, in
1: real quick? Sure. I I think that these are denialists. Like I think it's important to see the difference between a denial of service attack mm-hmm. on true thinking, and I think like the flat Earth thing is is basically a denial of service attack because it's just meant to occupy us in a way where we don't have the conversation you're about to have.
0: Like there there are fun conspiracy, like the birds are drones, is a fun conspiracy theory that I really. my, My brother is uh he's he's a birder and he has this app on his. He goes all around the world finding birds. He loves birds and. The birds are drones. Like just me mentioning the birds are drones conspiracy theory drives him so far up the wall that I love it. It's like this is beautiful. Like no, you can't. Nobody can press the buttons like you can on your family members. It's like, yes. I, and I've identified that I can just bring up like, oh look at those birds sitting up on that power line. Oh yeah, they're charging up. they they're charging up via their induction pad, and the, he'll just lose his mind. Whereas like I don't believe that birds are drones. It's like so like th- there is a level of trolling in. You're right. The, these are denial of services, but in like. The, I can't believe that everybody that talks about these or certain, certain conspiracy theories actually believes in them. There is some amount of you have to... People, people want to have fun. It's like, I want to have fun. I have to acknowledge that other people out there want to have fun and that are just trolling, trying to find the person that'll push back. You idiot! Like, we like the world's not flying. It's <laughs> like, this, you are giving the person the reaction they wanted by doing that. Um, but anyway, so yes. cosmic apotheosis. So I have been deep down the alien's rabbit hole for a year now at this point. It's like the, the federal government is openly talking about recovered, recovered alien crafts. So, like, I can't not look into this. Like, what are they trying to distract us from? Or are they telling the truth? As like, like, there's multiple ways you can go with this. But, like, I haven't found the bottom of the rabbit hole yet. I'm still digging. But in digging into this rabbit hole, I, have dis- I discovered a real in-depth write-up of somebody who claims to have worked on alien biology. And he also included in that a real in-depth write-up of the, like the, the quote-unquote gray aliens that, that have been visiting us since the 50... Basically, since we split the atom, aliens have been here. Like, yeah. going around doing a very... Like abducting, abducting cows and sucking out their blood or taking people out and, like, injecting them with LSD. All this crazy stuff that the aliens are doing. Um, like, these are the gray aliens. And this write-up is like, okay, well, these gray aliens are not... They are organic machines. These are a thing for some uh, uh, intelligence remotely to beam their their intelligence into um, so they can exist here. It's like, it's a way to explore the universe without actually leaving home. Uh, so like, and then to, that's the biology of these things. You dug down to the actual biology, like the, the autopsies they've done. It's like, oh, well, the suit, it looks like a suit. That's actually a, a biologically engineered thing that um, under you can peel that off and under is their actual skin. And getting into the details of like their, 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 All all the way down to, like, they, their um, waste processing is, like, there's no solid waste processing. There's only liquid. And it comes out, like, their entire skin um, excretes ammonia, which is what, like, a lot of these alien stories, it's like, there's a smell. I don't know if, like, there's the Varginia-Brazil alien encounter, which was a a ridiculous, like... Hundreds of people encountered whatever the hell this thing was, and they all talk about the ammonia smell. And there's, there's many other stories that talk about these being abducted and talking about the ammonia smell. And this guy's write-up of the autopsy gives a real compelling biological definition of why aliens smell like ammonia. It's like, you're smelling their piss. Um, and then, but beyond that, it's like getting into the, the cosmic apotheosis. So what is the goal of these? Why are they visiting us? What are they trying to do? And it's like the ancient alien guy, the, the guy with the crazy hair, George Georgia Suclos, He's been for saying, like oh what are they? like pyramids oh it was aliens it's like oh well what about these rocks oh it was aliens like all of these things like why why this why that oh well the answer is ancient aliens um, it's like, that's been a meme for six seven years at this point but the question so this this write up of what are the aliens doing here well like why did the aliens spread out all of these different world religions to to teach humans well like all of the world like there is. A basic truth behind all of the world religions that were attempting to come towards unity. Treat your brother, treat those as you would like to be treated. Like like your brother is yourself literally. When you mistreat somebody else, you are mistreating yourself. Like we are all part of the the same Mm. cosmic being. And these aliens, like they, while an individual soul, there is something they, they think of as like a soul um, field, kind of like the, the gravity field, the, the space-time field we all exist in. There's also a soul field that exists everywhere. And when a, when an intelligent creature dies, they leave their imprint on the soul, uh, on this soul field. So, like, that's getting into the like the concept of the Akashic Records. You can see the data of every human that's ever lived through the, their imprint on this soul field. And that's, for the aliens, like... Uh individual's death is not a big deal because it's like trimming your fingernails like this is just a part of the greater organism, and everything that was unique about this person's soul is captured in the field. So there is no data loss. so that's why that's aliens don't really give a shit about the individuality, whereas in our like our society very much everything is individual down to like individual rights, and like we are the end all be all There is no uber consciousness like each and which is one of the reasons Bitcoin works is because it's a solution that weaponizes our individual our individual preferences versus a top down. This is a bottom up thing, but yeah, so the aliens have are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead.
1: So this is incredible. (laughs) I have to tell you something. So what you just said is also postulated has been postulated by the man who founded the school that my kids go to.
0: That's interesting. I've I've heard yeah I've heard all of these theories before elsewhere, but like well, this. But
1: the curriculum is literally based on the idea of three selves: oh, okay. a physical, a physical self, a spiritual self, and something called an astral self. The astral self, right? And I've all like I've. It's very hard, you know. All of the um, everything he's ever written and every speech he's ever made is was in German, and it's hard to get the translation. But there's a I have a small library of things that I've read or attempted to read to try to figure out what the fuck astral self actually means, right? But I think, like, you might have just said it best. And I'm actually deciding myself that I think that's what he's meaning, right? Is, like, that you're actually imprinting... um, You are imprinting yourself in the record of humanity with how you act. And this is so... There's something I read around the time of the pandemic which was... So the field's called anthroposophy and it's like an eth. what is the it, it was a, like Rudolf Steiner that's the man Rudolf Steiner on pandemics and he basically suggested that if a like literally a person like an evil person in the world is capable of causing a pandemic by like just making um, people so fucking upset that they their immune systems get weakened. You know but it's what like I
0: mean? tr- Trump derangement syndrome or the COVID derangement. Are these like people get broken yes. mentally by these. So things. these
1: der- these derangement. Those are oh my God. Look at those. We we've managed. And you know, in the world today, there's several derangement syndromes that are totally in play, right? Trump derangement, COVID derangement, climate derangement. I mean, you just go on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people have Bitcoin derangement syndrome. Definitely a fiat derangement syndrome going on. But the bottom line was, you. It's just, and you reminded me, when you were on high hash rate, so this is, like, I hadn't gotten to talk to you about any of this, really, right? But when you were on high hash rate talking about this, it got me thinking a lot about, um, it got me thinking a lot about it. Like, that we do, there is a public, so it's not about belief, right? But, like, yes, if I had to say it in words, I believe there's a public record of everything. And I think this is something that's classically taught in Judaism, by the way. And this is part of why we don't have an afterlife. There's no concept of an afterlife, but there's like every year we believe that there's a judgment that takes place based on a record that mm-hmm. actually, there's like a, there is a ledger that gets kind of assessed every year. And that's yeah. why is that it, the most important like the,
0: hol- the idea of karma, like karmic momentum,
1: well, Yom Kippur is the most important, so the most serious holiday of the year, the highest holiday of the year. And that's the day of judgment. It's called the day of atonement. Oh, okay. Um, And like basically, if you know what Rosh Hashanah is, that's the Jewish New Year. By the way, I'm the least religious Jew in the world, but like at least I can understand and explain all this. That like for ten days you're supposed to atone for all the shit you did, and so that you can plead your case essentially, so that you can start the year with a fresh, you know, with kind of a clean slate.
0: We we could all benefit from exercising a system similar to that.
1: But like, but the idea that we do the idea that there is a record somewhere and we just can't see it, we don't know it, but like somebody can.
0: Yeah, I mean, we Highly all can. Highly plausible. Like, I have access to the akashic records. I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. but like. <laughs> I hit that I hit that frequency and was like, "Oh, this is a real thing. Like when I'm back in the world, I need to figure out what the hell this is." And like I didn't have the words to describe it. It's only after being back and doing research that I found, "Oh, what like that was the Akashic records." And now like me listening to this guy, this uh, detailed write-up on the So l- l- let me get back to the uh, the Cosmic Apotheosis. So the aliens yes. the aliens are have been guiding us for millennia like they they exist out of time essentially like the aliens don't come here from another from their star system they're interdimensional they come here from other dimensional dimensions and the idea is that the aliens are work the alien religion is the aliens are working towards like there there is an end state that we are working towards so like that's why um in virginia like whenever like it, these alien creatures communicate with all all the students in South Africa, it was like they came away with essentially like a psychedelic trip of like, oh, we need to all work together and like like, love your neighbor as yourself and like we need to be kinder to each other. Like these are the same kind of messages you get back from psychedelic trips. Um, Like me reading into that is because, okay, so these aliens are working towards what they call cosmic apotheosis. When we reach – when the universe of intelligent creatures, humans included in this, reach a critical mass – there's going to be a change of state to reality what that change of state is is a big question mark but like that's what they're working towards the reason the aliens went back like we're here and i don't know if they were using us to mine gold or whatever the hell they like they engineered us from lower hominids um but like the idea is that um all world religions were placed in our brains by these aliens in a way to get humans to work towards the alien goal of cosmic apotheosis and so, like, <laughs> now, like, that's in my, in my, like, I, I meditate every morning, and then I, like, I, I say a short prayer every day. It's so, like, so I say, like, I'm, I I apologize uh, to God. Like, I apologize every morning. I tell, I tell God, like, Dad, I love you so much. Thank you for this. And then now added to that is, like, bring the rain, bring the cosmic apotheosis. Like, so for Christianity, it's like that they're talking about, like, a state of a revelation type of states, or, I mean, in the Bhagavad Gita, like, there's the yeah. concept of, of, uh, a state change to reality goes across every religion. And it's like, that's what we're, so yeah, that's, this is interesting. It's interesting to layer on that little aspect of, Oh, well, did we get this from aliens? It's like, and yeah, like they're, so it I'm, could I'm, be. Have, so
1: here's another, here's another zinger potentially. Okay. So do, do you know how neurotransmi like certain neurotransmitter systems work in our brain where we have like serotonin, dopamine, and adrenaline competing. Okay. It's a competitive model. You think of it like a flux capacitor where the three right, things yeah, are going, all competing. And that's okay. why, like, when people do meth, they get all depressed because keeping that dopamine around artificially reduces their serotonin by so much. It's a competitive model. Okay. And we maintain balance, we maintain homeostasis by allowing these three things to compete equally. And if we ever have too much of one, we then have. We end up with less of something else and we get out of balance, right? That makes so sense. It's the Maybe it's the competitive model of the non-state changers, right? The Jews, right? Like, we found our shit and we're good. <laughs> the state changers, right? The Christians, right? They're like, no. We kind of like, we like your base layer, but we're like, no. We are totally moving forward, right? With shit's... You know, we're going to we're going to we're going to evolve. Right. Mm. And then everybody else. (laughs) Right. Maybe there's a competitive model that just requires all of us doing our things. And when any one of us gets too powerful, the other ones. You know, we 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 suffer, possibly. I mean, that's but, a, but somebody, somebody rising conflict.
0: to that level may be able to lift everybody else up with them. Yeah, it's not necessarily one person's gain is everybody else's loss.
1: But it, yes, it's it's the it's like our flourishing and success relies on the energy at which all uh, all of them are competing. So maybe and mm. it, maybe it does go down to an individual level at some point. But then you would need to abstract into groups so that we can be compete. You know, like. There used to be, there's just a, uh, what do you call it? Amino acids really before they become neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are nothing more than a grouping of amino acids.
0: I think, I'll, right? I'll, let's, let's end, let's end on this. Like I think the, <laughs> uh, when I was, when I was a child and I had childish thoughts before, before I became like came into my adult mind, um, I was very focused on how do I keep things. Like, let's, let's bring it back to the Barbie movie. There's the, in the Barbie movie, at the end of the Barbie movie, it's like Barbie talks about like change is terrifying. And like speaking for myself, like I lived most of my life as a child, like desperately trying to keep things from changing. Like trying to get things into a state that I enjoyed and then keep, the, keep them that way. I don't want things to change. Like I like my grilled cheese. I like, like these things. Like these are things I'm happy with. I am scared of change. Change is the most terrifying thing in the world. Hmm. But ha- having come into my adult mind and embracing, like, okay, I, I've realized, like, I have to embrace change or else change will destroy me. It's like, and, and that, that area of my life that I was desperately trying to re- regain control over or just retain control, not regain, but retain control over, um, I've pivoted that down to that's my Bitcoin stack now. Like as long as I, I but like that's something that I can put pro, like that's not just on me now like I can put layers and processes onto our Bitcoin keys to keep us from losing them in a way that re- in some way resolves me of some of the the burden of having to carry things around like oh well if I die everything everything's burned it's like I can now utilize Bitcoin to keep my family's financial state in in like crystal what what does Michael Saylor say this is like crystallized power or something I can crystallize our reserves for the future in a infinite permanent state and because of that that leaves my brain the ability like that frees up my ability to embrace change in the rest of the world
1: yeah it's beautiful what's not beautiful is you're gonna make me watch this fucking Barbie movie now right but like (laughs) that is that is that that, so that's beautiful it's interesting so what I was thinking like I never felt that way about change right actually I've always felt my worst fear in the world the thing that drives me that makes me the most upset and the most compelled to like do unreasonable acts is when I feel like I'm stuck when I feel like nothing's changed you know it's weird right but like that's the thing that I think like I can't like when I've always felt like I can't live with Um, and um, yeah I mean I guess it's like Bitcoin frees me up in a similar way, right? So, like, that I can just focus on building, I guess. You know, I don't have a great insight here. I get, like, most people feel that way about change, and I get, like, um, it's good. uh, Like, I I think it's kind of good. I think it's also, I think it's part of the competitive balance. Like, I think we're supposed to fear change, right? I think that's part of how, Especially if you have something that works, right? And it's sort of how Bitcoin base layers seems to be operating now, right? <laughs> like, we're afraid of change. We should be, because yeah, it For works. good reason,
0: yeah. Right? It's like, when you come across that, that fence in the field, do you tear it down? Or do you wait to find out why the fence was there before you tear it down?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, it's like what I'd say, hey don't change anything about that like and don't change the fe- you know the fear of change is what is actually going to make this thing work going forward right and um, it's almost like yeah like every just because we don't like something doesn't mean it's bad and we should fucking abolish it right it's just like i think maybe everything has its purpose all these fears all these things we're afraid of all this bad behavior all these things we see as bad behavior may just be necessary things we need to learn how to live with
0: once we right. once we finish upgrading the consciousnesses of the humans to embrace change, then we can we can bring in the apo- the cosmic apotheosis. And well, uh, because yeah,
1: these al- the aliens, right? If if I give if I give credence to this, it's like we're just seedlings to them.
0: Yeah, we're a crop, we're corn. Right.
1: So it's not yeah, and it's like getting caught up in whether something's wrong or bad is. Like a denial of service attack on this. The waste of energy, yeah, right. So that you know, that I guess that's that. That would, to me, would be the takeaway from this whole thing, right? Like, we don't like the CIA. <laughs> we don't like the fact that power already knows how to control us. They have a playbook for it, but we do have a solution, which is one based on decentralization. We know they can't touch it. Okay, like. We just know they can't really, really touch decentralization. And, you know, the more you... I think, you know, like, the more you can become... Um, I'm not saying everybody should be public or anything like that, right? But I'll just say the more low time preference you are and, the you know, the less compromising things you have in your private life. Like, if you're private... Like, I think a, a, you can't really lead if you have skeletons in your closet... And you, you know, like, so if you're keeping horrible acts private, that's very, it makes it hard to lead. But if you're, if your barrier to leadership is just the fact that you have ideas that are radical, right? I mean, I'd say RFK Jr. is, not, is an example of this, where it's like, what compelled him to, to be to decide he should lead? It's not that he has skeletons in his closet. It's that his ideas are, are just hated, Right. So like, what kind of person is going to need to lead? Like, you know, we we already know that they were gonna they're gonna exploit our fucking private lives and all that stuff. And it's like, can you be public? Can you actually? This is a question I think a lot of us are gonna have to grapple with. Is like, can we be public? I mean, it's one thing. should we be allowed? We should be allowed to be private, right? Yeah. But can, but can people just be public with being good, being decent, right, and then being attacked? And, may, you know, and I think maybe that's the thing that like this RFK thing is going to pave the way to show us a little bit of what happens to a guy. Like, you see a guy who has kind of like ideas that are in our Overton window, but not the rest of societies. We're seeing them get attacked, but then it's they lose those attacks are losing a little steam. Yeah, it's nice
0: to see he's being attacked, but he's able to stand. Guess what? Like, it's okay to be attacked. It's not the end of the world to have your ideas attacked. Because if you, if you build your house on a solid foundation, you're gonna stand up to attack. So yeah, he 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 walks into into these interviews with no notes because he's just going to speak from the heart. And it's like that reminds like if you speak from if you speak from your knowledge set, like if you don't lie, you don't have
1: to remember anything. It's like that's the purpose of key. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, you know, but so it's just like, how do we wrap this whole thing up, right? It's like, we are people. You know, we are. We don't want to be buried in a cave necessarily. I don't think, like, you know what I mean. I don't think exclusion is the answer, but I think it has to be an option.
0: I think that uh, my my personal view of cosmic apotheosis is hyperbitcoinization. So bring the cosmic apotheosis.